Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast today. Uh, I'm really excited to be joined by Marco Gastaldi. He's Associate Interior Designer at Gensler. He's going to be speaking at the Workspace Design Show uh, held at the Business Design Centre in London on the 27th and 28th of February. Marco is also the designer of this fantastic space that they've designed for the talks area. Um, and um, it's, it has a strong biophilic element, and we're going to be talking about that as well and the rationale behind it. Uh, but Marco is an interior designer, um, and he has experience of working with some of the the leading architecture firms, as well as brands like Lego, L'Oreal, and um, Audi. So, Mark, many thanks for joining us. First of all, thank you, Vanessa. It's great to be to be here, and thank you everyone for listening in. Wonderful, thank you. Um, maybe you could start by kind of telling us, you know, what got you into architecture, a little bit about your your journey, please. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, from my early years, actually, uh, interior design and architecture and also art has been some of my passions. And I then decided to, to cultivate it as a career. So I pursued my education in interior design in both China and Italy. And it was actually very interesting because the way the similar subjects are thought and explored in different places um, is also very different and really mind opening. I then started my professional journey in Beijing and I joined a large international company that is actually specializing in architecture and it's called Med Architects. Um, it was very interesting because their design philosophy was centering around the concept of Shanshui City. And uh, it was really aiming to, this, to, to establish an equilibrium between humanity, the environment and also nature. Uh, in 2020, then, I moved to London and I became part of the Gensler team. And I now specialize in workplace interior design. Uh, I collaborate with various clients on projects of different scales and uh, obviously contributing to the design and the realization of new and innovative work environments. Fantastic. Um, obviously, your training in China and it's all about sort of sustainability and nature kind of connections to the built environment. For you personally, um, why is biophilic design really important? So to an answer this question, I think it's very important to keep in mind that uh, people's innate attraction to nature is something that is really primordial, is really an, an instinct. So we evolved in a state of adaptive response to the natural world. Um, there's a lot of research that actually suggests that nature is good for people. Uh, it has the ability to uh, produce those hormones that support the feeling of uh, belonging and collaboration. Uh, the relationship between the humans and their environment is, is a crucial factor in how they therefore perform and also connect with others on a daily basis or in the, in the work environment. So biophilic design is, is important, it's fundamental uh, because it celebrates the people as a biological organism and uh, it acknowledges the, the mind-body system as indication, indications of health and, uh, and also well-being. So unfortunately, up to today, uh, a lot of our contemporary design is uh, a bit of oblivious of this knowledge that should uh, instead be intrinsic 
uh, deep down we are aware that our bond with nature is is vital. So um, it's actually interesting because when you ask people about their favorite place for vacation, most of us, they will describe a place that is outdoor. And then we often use this uh, word recreation and we really forget the recreation is about recreating and also restoring ourselves. So um, again, I, I work uh, especially in workplace design and bringing, is, in bringing this knowledge into the built environment uh, is critical. And considering that we spend 90% of our time indoors and a person on an average spends 20 to 30% of their lifespan at work. Yeah, it's, it's, and when you think about it that way, it's, it really, you, you do wonder why we're not all designing with biophilia and nature-based <laughs> views, isn't it? You know, it's like, what are we doing to ourselves? We're treating each other it's like... Something that really, yeah, it comes, it comes natural because it's deep inside us. So yeah, that's, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, like you say, we're sort of biological beings. We're, we are yes. nature. We're still the same. We're the same. It's not us and them. It's it's <laughs> us. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of the workspaces are, I mean, are still horrendous, aren't they? Unless, you know, you're lucky enough <laughs> to work with some really sort of forward thinking clients. And I think I think there is a seismic shift. I think things are changing now. I think people are like trying to hit their yeah zero targets and all this kind of thing. So they're very conscious of it. Um, and obviously the stuff that's happening in legislation as well. And there's obviously a lot of data and evidence to prove that biophilic design is really good for us um, in the workplace. Um, I mean, what's what's your view on, on particularly biophilic design in the workplace and how it benefits? Yes, yeah, so uh, there has been many researches and there's a lot of data available out there. Yeah. Um, for example, there's a human spaces report that shows that uh, biophilic design can improve the product productivity by 6% and creativity by 15%. Uh, this natural and vegetated space can improve uh, individual self-esteem and mood. And the presence of water, for example, can have a, a, a relaxing and calming effect. So there's evidence out there that shows that these benefits can occur in as little as five to 20 minutes. So also a small exposure to nature is highly impactful and, and beneficial. Uh, there's an ecological balance theory that suggests that we prefer nature resembling colors such as green and blue, for example. However, it's always important to note that uh, not all the natural environments are green. So the design choices should also be tailored to, to what is the local ecosystem and the local sort of color palette uh, of the place. Um, in 2019, CBRE estimated that uh, tenants in New York were paying 14% premium for floors with terraces. And recently, the University of Oxford uh, in, in 2022 was calculating that in London, uh, an office with outdoor space commanded a uh, five to ten percent rent premium. So those data are always uh, suggesting that yes, nature is necessary and it's it's good for you, it's good for us. By 2050, 70 percent of the population is expected to live in cities, and that's really important to keep in mind because within this shift, the need for the design to reconnect people and nature is be becoming even more important. Yeah. Absolutely. And as you say, more and more of us moving to cities and, and like that, that stat, that the fact in 2050, yeah. we're going to all be in, in the cities. Yeah. 
you know, 70% of us all crammed in. It's like, it's going to be fun. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like sardines, you know. So, I mean, we're going to, and we're, all, we're sardines wrapped in like sort of like hermetically sealed boxes with no natural, <laughs> to no natural air. I mean, how horrendous. Thank yes. heavens there's designers like you, you know. Um, I mean, it took, Talking of like your design and stuff, and and obviously, yeah. You, and, I, and I like the fact that you mentioned about um, it isn't always about green. You know, it isn't always about coloring something green. It's about using like the local um, environment as well. You know, the sort of even yeah. you know, the, yeah. yeah. So it's place based as well, which I, I really mm -hmm. I really like that. Um, I mean, maybe yeah. could you give us an example um, of something either yourself or Gensler or have, have kind of worked on? um as, as kind of an example of how you've created or improved a space using biophonic design yes yes and and prior to that is is also important from uh, our side to mention a workplace survey uh that we've done with our Gensler research institute um it it came out uh sort of the end of last year 2023 and uh it's it's a survey that we do and gives us insights and um you know it's, it's a mirror of the new variety of work activities in in the post-pandemic world and uh obviously it was uh, even there underlined and mentioned the importance of outdoor spaces uh access to fitness meditation well-being uh, and all those uh related amenities then if we relate this to project um i'm now working on with a group of engineers um which is called Hisson Moran. It's quite well established in, in the UK and globally. We're working on the new London office. Uh, the London headquarters is, is close to Hayes Galleria, actually, is in within that complex. Uh, we're using quite an extensive number of uh, sustainable materials there, and we are exploring different reuse strategies. Uh, and we're designing, for example, uh, a bespoke desk with planters integrated in the front. Oh, nice. uh, so it, it can also, yes, yes. So it's just tailored for them uh, and their vision where sustainability and nature uh, was was always something in their, in their manifesto and uh, some of the aspects that they really want to explore. We have a room, for example, that is called the Oasis Room. So it's really full of nature and biophilia. We have a special ceiling that we reflect the nuance and shades of the nature below. And we really taken all the opportunity to integrate nature in the workplace, like from the, you know, we have this uh, uh, big canteen uh, space that is looking the Thames directly. You can see uh, Tower Bridge from there. And, you know, every opportunity in that space as well, like with the banquet booth, et cetera, was, uh, is meant to, to integrate nature uh, within the environment. There's some other projects that we used uh, Biophilia as well. One of them is the McCann World Group in London. Uh, Biophilia that was used to connect people, yes, through, through basically bringing them together in moments of wonder to soften the boundaries between the spaces and to create this sort of sense of permeable uh, neighborhoods. Uh, another project is the Pladis Global Project in London. We have also uh, inserted these micro-restorative experiences, these, uh, these pockets of nature that are readily implementable. And often they are actually more accessible than the large interventions. And we really uh, learned that frequent exposure to those small intervention may contribute to a compounded restoration response. 
So when a long duration of exposure is not possible or desired, or it cannot be achieved in that scale of project, uh, positioning the biophilic design interventions along paths uh, that channel high levels of traffic is always uh, a good solution. And that's the case also of what we did at the ARC in, in Hammersmith here in London, where we located um, biophilia along some of the main circulation routes. So uh, there's, there's a lot of ways of integrating biophilic design into a space. And sometimes it can be as simple as choosing a natural material or uh, shaping some of the, the architecture and the shape within the space is in, in, a, in an organic way to sort of stimulate uh, the, our response and, and, and our benefit uh, within the built environment. Yeah, I, and I like I like the fact that you um, you've implemented because you mentioned about those little micro moments of obviously yes. sort of like this attention restoration theory. This these little micro moments of you know throughout the day where you can interact and feel nature and and experience it. It doesn't always have to be like this full blown you know plants everywhere around your exactly. desk. It's it's actually having it um, in spaces that make sense that encourage you down pathways that you have these little space all the time. It's it's having a joined up kind of approach yes. to it. Really. And some some question that I that I usually have around it is you know uh, everything comes as a cost and yeah. obviously nature in the space is is also a cost uh, for our clients. But yes, using using every opportunity we have uh, to sort of to sort of em emphasize this aspect uh, of the design and the project is is always a good opportunity yes yeah really i, li I like that um and i also you liked perm the word you used was permeable and i like the sort of, sort yes. of like outside in and it kind of feels like there's no yes. yeah and that's seamless that's that's a great word yes. that's a really good word yes. i like that yes. um and that's exactly what we're trying to do um, you, you see, you touched on lots of facts and figures and stuff at the beginning there, which is fantastic. It's all the data that we that's really, really useful. It's nice for us as well. Yes, yeah. to use to use the research to sort to sort of play back uh, what we do in our design and why we make certain choices. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say that the survey that you've done um, is that is that is that publicly accessible? Can, can we? Can I yes, share that? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Lovely, great. So, listeners, I will I'll put a link on the, uh, the on the blurb that goes with the podcast, so you can uh, click through and and look at the Gensler um, research there. Um, obviously, there's all these accreditations like BRIAM and Well and and all these different standards, which are amazing and fantastic. And sometimes it's really hard for companies to to navigate what they should be doing. Um, I mean, for me, I think biophilic design ticks all those boxes and I think we should be sticking it everywhere. Um, I really do. Um, <laughs> but um, from a professional point of view, uh, Marco, maybe you could explain, um, please, yes. uh, well, how you feel biophilic design fits into the like into that whole sort of Briam and well building yeah, yeah, yeah. story. So there are two different certifications I'm working on actually in the moment. One is Briam and one is well. Uh, so BRIAM is a widely used environmental assessment method and uh, a certification uh, is it's basically a scheme for the buildings. So it really evaluates the and certifies the sustainability performance of the building and it's basically um, uh, it's based upon various criteria. Those criteria are energy efficiency, for example, water usage, material selection, uh, and the ecological impact. 
So it's, it's a comprehensive framework for assessing and, and certifying this environmental uh, sustainability of uh, new and existing buildings. So biophilic design here comes into, into the game because it can really help uh, in a positive way to the BRIM assessment, especially when there are categories around indoor environmental quality, the health and well-being, and the ecology. So the, the integration of the, all these natural elements in the design can enhance, for example, the energy efficiency, the comfort of the occupants, the overall sustainability, and therefore aligns with the BRIAMS goal. Um, another certification as well, uh, and is a performance-based system for uh, certifying the features in the built environment uh, that again impact the human health and the well-being. So uh, it, it covers various aspects of uh, building design, constructions, operation, focusing on, on the factors like the air, the water, the nourishment, light, fitness, and comfort. Um, it's something that really has to be thought through from the beginning of the project if, if it's desired to achieve this, this certification. Sometimes the, the, the process is, uh, is a bit tricky in a way, uh, but you know, it's something that is definitely new, uh, innovative and, and, and it's achievable. So the synergy between the biophilic design and well certification also can be particularly strong. Um, again, biophilic elements like incorporating the natural light, providing the access to the outdoor views, for example, incorporating the green spaces can then uh, contribute to meet several of the requirements for the well certification, especially in areas like regarding the, the light, the comfort and, and the mind as well. So it's two different systems, but they can be um, helped by the, the introduction of biofilm design into the, the built environment for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. I think um, I think they're both great standards. Um, I really I really do. And um, I'm, I, th I think the more we can sort of like link up biophilic design as a, as a practice in interior design with the um, being able to help support companies or designers or whoever it is to help them understand how it can help them tick more of those BRIAM and well-building standard boxes, I think, will be great because it's an easy thing for them to grasp, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The sort of biophilia and biophilic yeah. design. Yeah. It's like it's not just oh well yeah. we need so many qubit this that and the other and we need four four of those over there it's it's more like actually if we bring this in it's much better you know yeah yes 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 lovely um with obviously with all that in mind then um obviously you're speaking at the workspace design show and I'm really looking forward to coming oh, to yes. and I promise I won't very have very exciting <laughs> yeah uh, um you're, you're going to be speaking on the 28th of february yes. um, in this beautiful yes. talks lounge that you've designed can you tell us what you're yes. speaking about please <laughs> yeah so the title of of this uh speaking engagement is bringing energy back to the workplace as we return to work nurturing social capital and increasing happiness and productivity in the workplace it will focus around the strategy to revitalize the workplace and boost the energy and the productivity levels of the workplace. So it's a, it, I'm very looking forward, uh, very much looking forward to it. It's a wide topic of conversation. It will involve various speakers with different areas of expertise. And, you know, we're all going to bring our different point of view and our insights on, on workplace design. So surely it will be very interesting and, and, um, I'll be happy for everyone that comes and, and join us, yeah. 
Lovely. Great. So everybody listening, make sure you go down on the 28th. It's free to get in as well, which is amazing. So deny yes. it. Yes. Get, get your butts down there and uh, yes. join the conversation. Um, obviously, can we can we just talk a little bit about the booth? I'm going to put a picture on the, yes. the Biophilic Design website okay. on the podcast yes. page yes. Um, against the, the podcast. Yes. But the theme is Bloom and exploring the yes. thriving ecosystem of work life. Um, yes, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, it's this uh, actually uh, Bloom Experience Driving Ecosystem of Work Life is actually a, a concept that we created for the entire show. Uh, and then we are designing the stage where the talks, basically the talks lounge where uh, all these speaking uh, appointments will, uh, will take place. So um, the theme itself looks at the future of workplace design with positivity and optimism. And it's a reflection on uh, the new opportunities that we can create uh, even during those challenging times uh, for the world. So uh, it's it's a very nice team and uh, we look forward to see it explored in, in many different ways uh, with all the companies and, and suppliers and partners that are invited to the show. And then particularly for the stage, we looked at the team and we interpreted it uh, referencing nature and especially looking at uh, sustainability. So we really created a, a, an immersive experience through a journey uh, that is inspired by forest and woodlands. And the ultimate goal for this is really to raise the awareness on uh, and highlight basically the critical importance of sustainability and biophilic design in shaping also the future uh, of, of workplaces. So we partnered up with uh, various trusted brands and that's a good chance for me to thank them all because it's, it's been an amazing collaboration and, and very like a lot of fun as well. So we really uh, applied these uh, developed sustainable, uh, sustainable products and strategies and we, we're really making sure that everything will be repurposed, reused or recycled after the show. So we practice our mission as well. So it's very, very important. Uh, it's a great space to see these this products uh, and uh, to see our design as well. And, you know, also the opportunity to be surrounded by nature. Yeah, absolutely. It looks it looks really beautiful. It looks immersive. It looks kind of like yeah. there's this sort of beautiful backdrop that's very sort of ethereal, corporeal, yeah. yeah. you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really nice. We, we yeah, we designed it with a lot of a lot of partners and with Asia and Charlie as well uh, from from the workplace uh, design show side. And yeah, it's been it's been a nice and, and fun project. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see it realized as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's going to be a real highlight of the show, I think. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you know, obviously, I for for me, for me, I think biophilic design is really sort of, you know, coming of age, if you want, in terms of people understanding it and knowing it. And I mean, there's still a whole bunch of people that don't, maybe in construction, and maybe some of that's culture change and all this kind of thing. But I think amongst like design community and amongst you know many many buildings, I think uh, uh, businesses, there's biophilic design seems to be uh, like understood. Do you, do you feel that? Do you, I mean, the fact that we've, you know, you've created this bloom um, concept there mm -hmm. is a real um, kind of celebration of the fact that that's that nature um, and the blooming inside yourself as well, isn't it? You know, and that sort of um, all yes. of those good things. I mean, what, how do you feel? Do you feel like it's getting 
more widely known known and more widely yes yeah, so that that's an interesting question and and yes i think the the adoption of biophilic design principle within the corporate and the design industry industry uh, is something that uh, has been steadily increasing over time so many companies and many design professionals, uh, they already started embracing this approach and they recognize the, the importance and the key of creating these spaces that connect pe people with nature. Um, so there is this growing awareness. Uh, and I think awareness is, is a key word here because um, it, it's growing in the environmental uh, and, and understanding both the environmental and the psychological benefits of the biophilic design. So designers are often more and more often incorporating these elements, not into the office spaces, but also in, in various uh, other settings like the residential buildings, the healthcare facilities and the educational institutions, for example. You know, there's been a lot of studies also around hospitals and the recovery time patients that had a room with a window accessing nature in their views uh, has also been dramatically um, impacted and, and, and you know, found out to be highly beneficial as well. So biophilia is one piece of the puzzle uh, and is a key component also for sustainability and uh, sustainable design, as I said. It's actually a science. Uh, it's really rapidly evolving and it also partners with neuroscience to help uh, redefine the best design strategies also for the future and, and the impact to our industry. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks for that. You put it, thanks for putting it so succinctly. <laughs> um, exactly, <laughs> which is the gap. Yeah, and it is a science. It's it's lovely to hear actually. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think I think we can go on and talk for days around these benefits and you know uh, the different ways of integrating nature and uh, in the built environment. So as more as more as we spread the word around this awareness, I think I think the better for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to we're going to be launching a bit later on this year, a Biophilic Design Awareness Day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just it's, it's like a real fun thing for us all to get involved in. I think we're just going to have a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, let's make it a national holiday as well. <laughs> Can you imagine? Actually, you know, King Charles might go for it because I think he's supposed to be a Greek king, not as in the pub brand, but you know, the oh, it would be nice. We won't go, go to the pub. <laughs> before i ask you the final question um yes. is there anything else that you would like to add oh yes so i i was thinking of uh that was worth mentioning uh the 14 patterns of biophilic design from therapin bright green which is actually a very nice resource that um we use as designers as well uh to sort of uh, implement biophilic design within the space uh, so it organizes uh, biophilic design into three different categories, nature in the space, nature analog analogs, and nature of the space. And then it, it provides a really a framework of um, understanding and, and incorporating these thoughtful experiences that has the ability to mirror the diversity of nature. And as an outcome, there are 14 biophilic patterns that uh, includes like visual connection to nature, for example, the presence of water, the material connection with nature, and it can also, you know, uh, help implementing the strategy and, and uh, as I said, how to design the correct space with, with biophilia. Um, so that's very interesting, yeah. 
Yeah, fantastic. And I I I, yeah. I loved I love Terrapin Bright Green. I think they're and also their website, all their resources are free so that you can download those free booklets. Yeah. Um they've also got the economics of biophilic design on there as well, which has got like yeah. amazing research and they've just done the 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 second I edition. think it's a very useful tool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, amazing. So um so the great thanks for that. Um so the final question, Marco. Um, although yes. I don't, I don't want you to go. I want to, I want to sort of keep talking about biophilia and design <laughs> yeah. and stuff. <laughs> be... oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could paint the world with a magic brush of biophilia, what would it look like for you? Yeah. So uh, the first thing I thought when um, when I was thinking about this question is. Uh, a temple that I visited by myself many years ago is Angkor Wat in Cambodia. Oh, and that's really the first thing that came to my mind. It's, it's also in the Jungle Book, by the way. So as kids, I think we've always watched it in a way. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, it has really been a special place for me to see where nature sort of took over and the integration with a uh, built environment and natural environment really served for me as a reminder of the connection between the human culture and, and the, the ecosystem that surrounds us. So if I had to imagine, um, uh, if I could paint the world with the, the magic brush of biophilia, it would, it would look like a, a canvas where really the natural world and the human-made environments can blend in an harmonious way and to create this sort of sustainable and immersive experience for all of us. So like cities adorned with greenery, you know, um, having this sort of urban landscape, every building can be treated as a living organism with rooftop gardens, with waterfalls and, and you know, integrated po pockets of nature. So yeah, that would be really interesting to see if the future develops that way, hopefully. Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.